Welcome to the Nightbird Radio Podcast. I'm Timothy Saylor, and I'm going to be your host this evening as we sound out the subconscious, navigate the nocturnal, and explore the farthest reaches of our experience. Coming at you from the back of an 86 Dodge Ram van on the rolling foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains in the Great Forest, deep in the heart of the Kali Yuga. This is Radio for the Hauntological Turn. This episode of the Nightbird Radio Podcast was brought to you by Gary Noriyuki. who sent me the amazing Magos Key amulet that we talked about in the last episode. Uh, this thing is fantastic. It and other amazing items are available at Gary's Etsy page, Manticore's Den Conjure. And that's all I ask. If you find value in this show, find something of equal value to the value that you get from this show and return the favor. That's what value for value is all about. It could be money, but it can also be other things, as you've noticed in these intros. I've gotten a lot of value from y'all in the form of services. Uh, Matt Boisvert gave me an amazing biofield tuning session that was mind-blowing. Mel Priestley, who's today's guest, um, she gave me an astrology reading. Um, There are many ways to return the value that you get from this podcast. Uh, I know times are tough right now, but if you're looking to give back to this show, um, email me at Tim at nightbirdpodcast.com. Visit nightbirdpodcast.com and navigate to the support the show page. And, you know, another great way to support the show is to come on the show and share your story. So I would love to have that as well. Again, email me at Tim at nightbirdpodcast.com. Um, Mel Priestley has been on this show a bunch of times. I'm not going to waste a bunch of time in the introduction. Let's get right to the conversation. Mel Priestley, welcome back to the Nightbird Radio Podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, Tim. I am doing great. I'm glad to hear it. So um, we were just talking before we hit record um, about, you know, it was the last time you were on. We did the the forecast for this year in December, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, so I wanted, you know, now that we're in the thick of all that, of of the really heavy astrology for the year, I wanted to have you back on to both kind of go over what's happened since and also, you know, to look forward and um, at what's coming. So um, let's go back and first talk about um, what's happened since we last talked. Yeah. How about those spy balloons, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, I did not have that on my 2023 bingo card. Um, I have a few other things, though, that I have high hopes might show up later this year, but we'll see. You didn't have Operation Bluebeam? Well, kind of. Like, it's tied in, (laughs) actually. The other day, my husband said he on his 2023 bingo card is uh, finding human DNA on Mars. Mm. Um, maybe it'll be the moon. There's lots of stuff going on with the moon right now. We'll talk about, but yeah, I mean, if you think about the last three months, I guess, right. Um, a fair bit has happened, but maybe not, but also not that much. I don't know. It's so hard to parse out the news these days. Um, but I think when I, and we're, we literally are in the thick of it right now. Right. It's like, so we've, so the biggest thing that just happened was Saturn just went into Pisces. Yay. Honestly, that is a huge celebration for me personally. And I think for the world, because 
he's not in his own signs anymore. He he lost his ability to be Saturn in all of his own glory, which is a real drag and has been a drag for like the last over five years. So I I personally have noticed a bit of a it's just kind of like the pressure is off. I don't know if you've noticed anything. It has only been a few days, honestly. It was uh, it was just earlier this week. I feel like the Death Star has been fully operational, and it just blew up. <laughs> nice, yeah. You know, like I don't know. I just and I've seen there's a lot of and we could go into this because it's what's happening right now. There's a lot of things coming out, a lot of shifting going on. Um, and I guess you know we'll see more of that as we hit into some of these more of these transits that are coming this year. But yeah, I just I feel an energy shift. I did, and a mm-hmm. lot of a lot happened for me personally. Um, just like a lot of like. Just sort of like um, a muzzle was taken off or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The oppression that I have felt over the last couple of years has has lifted. Um, and so, I mean, even when I have crappy days like yesterday, I was feeling real crappy. But it just wasn't as bad as the crappy days over the last couple of years, especially, you know? Yeah. I yeah. feel like for me, um, and, you know, this... Obviously, it's just my experience, but you know this stuff always line seems to line up with the stars, so it only makes sense. Um, and the past couple of weeks, I've just been experiencing like very rapid growth, and it's just been kind of a revelatory time for me um, in certain areas, and so. It's just interesting. You know, you have to wonder like, hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the, I think the rest of March is going to be pretty interesting. March into into April. And I had my my eye on that when we were, you know, talking back in December because it's it's where the main action of the year falls astrologically. So we got Saturn into Pisces. And then in a couple of weeks, we get just within a couple of days of them, um, it's Pluto into Aquarius for his sneak preview and then Mars into Cancer, which concludes his big, long six month journey through Gemini um, and, and gets him out of there. I'm not like excited about Mars and Cancer just on its own because it's not a sign that he's great in. But it ends the Mars Gemini stuff, which I'm, I I think will help the Mercury issues. Ooh, is that something you've noticed recently? Because I have to say, so Mercury's in Pisces right now, where like he's like quite afflicted, and Mars is still in Gemini, which you know, so monkeying in Mercury's sign, which is going to kind of just exacerbate Mercury issues. But man, what that ingress into Mercury into Pisces, it's been like a Mercury retrograde, like or worse sometimes. Like it's mm, the like, hallmarks. When uh, was the ingress? couple weeks ago let me look yeah of course got me on the spot i don't remember the exact date no you're good um but yeah it was uh it was just a week and a half ish ago so yeah that makes sense to me i've just been Mm -hmm. so like i'll just go ahead and talk about this it's personal stuff and i'm usually not like you know well who am i kidding i tell everything (laughs) on this um i left the job i was at uh and Mm -hmm. i hadn't been there for that long i've been there maybe like couple not even two months um and this was the exact day that saturn went into pisces which is my 10th house yep um little on the nose there little on the nose right but i just it was kind of one of these situations where 
I took this job and it's just a part-time deal at a cafe and like um it just seemed like this condensation of every difficulty I've ever had working in kitchens was all kind of piled onto this one. Mm-hmm. Like not maybe not all of them cuz like luckily. You know what I mean cuz there's a lot of problems I've had in kitchens that were like way worse but in terms of like just the people i was working with it was just kind of like a perfect storm and um i just kind of realized like yeah this isn't where i'm at anymore like this is not what i'm doing now like this is not like i had to do it again to see that it wasn't for me anymore Mm -hmm. like this Mm -hmm. is i'm on to other things now like okay thank you for showing me awesome got the message and i i didn't blow up or anything i just said look um i'm not interested uh, i appreciate the opportunity but i'm going another direction okay. um you know and like see you later um which i feel like in this situation i got to be saturn yeah because i drew a boundary like yep so what i've been kind of and this is maybe a tangent but i think it does apply like what i've kind of been going through lately is um I've been drawing, I don't like even like the word boundary sometimes. I make choices, but they do sometimes constitute a boundary. Like, or like, this is where I'm like, I'm telling the universe what I want and what experience I want to have by making certain choices. And like, I feel like the, I used to think that the things I did when no one was watching didn't matter when I was really embroiled in materialism. But now I've come to find that actually the less people are watching, the more it matters because the that's a conversation that's occurring between me and the universe mm-hmm. and between me and the spirit of the universe or whatever you want to call that. Um, and so I drew a line like this is the line that I'm not going to fuck with. Like this is where I stand. And um, and so I was able to enforce that. And that's happened in a lot of areas. And I feel like that's very Saturn. So can you speak mm-hmm. to that a little bit? Saturn is all about boundaries and lines and and delineating those things. So it's going to get trickier in some respects um, with him going into Pisces because Pisces is a sign that dissolves boundaries. Like it is, it is mutable water. So it is like the wateriest of water where everything just kind of flows and dissolves. And, and um, yeah, but the thing about Saturn and Pisces, so he doesn't have any like, essential dignity except um in one system he he does rule the first decan of pisces um so for the next year saturn's going to be in that first decan where he does have some he does rule that decan so the the way that i'm kind of visualizing this is picturing pisces as a vast ocean i mean that's pretty standard right so but the first decan is like the the beach the, the like crossing the threshold from land to water And it makes sense to me that Saturn rules that because that is a boundary between land and an ocean. Um, But it is not a hard, fast boundary. Like it changes all the time. The the tide comes in and it goes out. Um, So so you can't, you know, you can't look, you can't draw a line down a beach and be like, this is this is the limit between water and land. Like, no, because it changes and isn't fluid. So there's the there's the Pisces thing. Right. Um, And Saturn Saturn does navigate that because he is he is the boundary marker, right? So um, as we get farther into Pisces, so like next year, 
in the year after, that's when things are really going to start to shift and dissolve. And so from a, yeah, from a Saturn and Pisces perspective, that gives us a chance to test the boundaries that have been constructed. And in some cases, I think we're going to see them like just dissolve. Um, And it's going to be both good and bad. Like we're going to see dissolution of boundaries through incompetence. And I think that that's just like kind of on full display in the world. And over the last five years that he's been in his own signs he's enacted a lot of pretty strict boundaries that we've all been having to like deal with including like physical ones like stay in this house and don't leave it or yeah don't go within six feet of another human being right exactly like very physically defined boundaries um we're losing that um or maybe we've completely lost it i hope Uh, but there are there's still boundaries and it's they're now they're internal and i think the saturn in pisces the, the broader story is um the constructs of the imaginal and that's where where saturn's boundaries and the structures and things like that are going to really show up so it's it's like our mind mind boundaries <laughs> for lack of a yeah. better word it's not very poetic but it, but yeah that's that's kind of where i've landed with what i think we're going to see with that and then again so this year i think we're going to see like pushing on that where and that's kind of on a world level on a personal level like you were saying Wherever Saturn is in your chart can be a, a point of um, restriction and limitation, but also structure and boundaries. And you lean into the structury part as opposed to the, the the fear and the limitation part. Yeah, because we need boundaries. You need them. And in this in the sign like Pisces, where um, it's really easy to lose your boundaries, um, Saturn might might be really useful for people there, where they're like, I actually need to like work more on this. So for you, it's your tenth house, which you know it's your most public outward self so yeah you may you may need to focus for the next couple of years on like you know self versus private um, who you are in the world versus who you are in private and and all of that type of thing for me it's my 11th so it's similar but it's more about my community groups that I'm in and just basically I'm going to work on like enforcing um, good boundaries with my friends and with communities and, and groups and things like that so that um, I'm not giving too much of myself to those things or they're not, you know, um, impinging too much on myself personally. I'll try also not to just like withdraw and go full hermit and isolate myself from those groups. Cause that's kind of also a thing that Saturn can do, right? Like just total like restriction and kind of, um, yeah. Yeah. That that hermit. Mm-hmm. hermit mode could be fun though. Yeah. Sometimes you I like to. it. I mean, I can do it too much. I lean too much into it. Yeah, your moon is in the twelfth, so that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I need to get away from y'all. Yeah, it's like um, our moon. yeah. <laughs> like one of the best things I think, one of the greatest feelings. Um, this is why I used to smoke cigarettes. It's because they used to let me leave <laughs> and go outside. Mm-hmm. Like so, like being at a wedding and going outside, like and everyone's dancing, and then you go outside to get fresh air and like kind of sit there and look up at the stars or whatever is like one Mm -hmm. of my favorite things. And I never thought about that until now. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't need a cigarette to do that, but I get that it's, it's a really easy, like socially sanctioned break from whatever I just chew gum now and uh, Mm -hmm. I just look crazier. (laughs) (laughs) And what, what does that say about where we're at in life too, right? Like going outside and just standing against a wall and staring off into the distance. If you don't have a phone in your hand, Right. People are like, if they realize that you don't have a phone, you're just kind of standing there and looking. Right. They're like, ooh, look at that freak. That person's zoned out. What are they doing? They're <laughs> yeah. space cadet. Yeah, I'm a total space cadet, though. Um, so that's cool. Um, okay, so we got a little off. 
but that was my fault. Um, <laughs> just talking about me over here. Um, so in terms of the last couple months, yeah, I think that um, from I guess like everything I heard made me a lot more um worried about the last couple months and i almost feel like oh yeah that wasn't that bad Mm -mm. i mean i guess you know it depends on where you are yeah was there something in particular that made you worried like was it the spy balloon balloon stuff because yeah you know what's funny is uh when that was happening i was I mean, I don't follow the news super closely. I mean, I do because I need to, because I want to know how the astrology is like, going to map out. But I, I definitely don't ingest much on a daily basis. I kind of not quite schedule it, but I, you know, I limit when I do it and I kind of binge and then catch up on current events. And then I'm like, hey, I'm good. So yeah. I was not aware of that happening in real time. But a lot of people are because, of course, it was all over social media. And I remember I went out to dinner with my family and my dad and my sister were like legit like kind of freaked out and I was like, yo, what's happening? Some balloons. Okay, whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I understand why um, if you were following all of that, again, you want to talk about boundaries, have some boundaries from social media because with Saturn into Pisces, it is all in your mind now. Right. So yeah, um, yeah that's a boundary is worth enforcing. Um, but yeah, so the spy balloon stuff, like it's so it's weird, right? And there's been a lot of weirdness. And I think it was a nice preview for Saturn and Pisces because I think that things are getting getting weird. I for one am here for the weirdness because I will take yeah. bizarro, nobody knows what's happening, is it aliens type of stuff versus crushing global pandemic lockdown restriction. I'm I think we're all yeah. over that. Virus oh, narrative yeah. sucks. Oh man, it's so it's such <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've done that. We've done that. We can move on. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, I think what's coming is just, it's going to be interesting regardless. And I think it does seem to be very much centered in some way on, well, air, it's so age of air as well as what all of this that I was thinking of is it's mm. not just Saturn and Pisces. This is the new Jupiter Saturn cycle in air science for the next 200 years. Like it is hundred percent that, um, and we're just going to get more of that. So, I mean, you briefly talk about, or I, I think I mentioned the alien <laughs> narrative, right? I mean, I don't think the spy balloons were in any way alien um, at all, but there's some people taking it in that direction. And then there's been a lot of activity on the moon and about the moon lately that has me thinking, shit, they're really gearing up for the next, maybe it will even be in the next couple of years. It'll certainly be the prep phase, though, for... Um, for establishing lunar bases, I think we're going to see, like, I, th- I think that, you know, maybe by the end of, I think by this decade. So I think for, for Pl- maybe it, we'll give it 20 years, Pluto and Aquarius, I think we'll, we'll see moon bases like, and, and um, it will be like a normal thing. You and don't think there the- are already moon bases or are okay. you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think there is all sorts of shit like on the moon. Com- that I- like maybe they'll mm-hmm. reveal it. Like kind of like the stealth yeah. bomber wasn't revealed for like 30 or till it was like mm-hmm. retired or something. Right. I, I, it would not surprise me. Um, and I would be super into that. The other thing though, that sucks with all of this air stuff is um, I don't know if we'll ever find out the truth. And I think we all just have to be okay with the little kernels and nuggets of, of, information that come out and we kind of just construct our own narratives and and you know i just don't know if there is 
a truth to these things because I think there's so many overlapping narratives and how do you like what's the right one you know so this is it, one of the reasons why I enjoy and like you were saying a second ago why I am I'm looking forward kind of to this Saturn and Pisces stuff is because like the thing is that those boundaries between reality and the imaginal are actually they are blurry Mm. and it's going to highlight that reality more so than like i feel like it's going to make it like obviously like the way that plays out of the material is going to mirror more closely like that aspect of it but i think to like a large extent that it, it that is something that we've ignored as a as a society for a long time and we've tried to like box these things into their little places mm-hmm. and that's just not going to happen anymore and so like i'm welcoming that you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i want the imaginal to flow into this world because really like i think that the imaginal is currently being colonized by shit ideas you know oh, and, it has um, been for a long time yeah maybe ever maybe ever but maybe that's um, always the struggle right maybe yeah. that is like i think that's a big part of empire magic um is you know that official story mm-hmm. that narrative building of the official story does to some extent like concretize the imaginal like those whatever those things are um like the archon that brings about you know that attempt to dull that imagination and um like tyrannical powers their buddies Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because if you believe it, it's it's true in a sense for you. It is anyway, right? Well, then the more um, people that believe it, yes, and the more true then, it gets, and it and it manifests, and we and we can see that. You know, obviously, people like us who who know who know about these things and who know about the power of manifestation. But even even normies do, right? You know, you talk about there's go to the self help section of a of a bookstore, and it's all about positive self-talk and you know manifesting you know your own reality essentially like to boil it down well what is that i mean that's magic really. but yeah. um you know we, we phrase it in these terms that's digestible for people who are coming from like pretty hardcore materialism um so i'm i am looking for same same as you to seeing seeing the, the, the i guess the breakdown of materialism would be fantastic now i don't know that we're going to go to some beautiful animist world i mean i'm there already but hopefully on a broader well, scale people realize that but breakdowns have to be integrated and yeah. you can integrate them skillfully or you can integrate <laughs> them unskillfully and you can so, have a psychotic break and never come back and so the yeah. danger i think of P- pisces and maybe saturn and pisces too is um is that is is um like you just lose touch with reality and not in a good way. And I, so I think we've already seen the the pretty serious fragmentation of people into disparate groups um, aligned along beliefs often. Right. And so in Pisces, all that gets churned up and mixed together uh, for good and bad. Right. Like, you know, you can, you can take it in either direction. So I, I think we will see some, some more, I think, I hope we'll see more mixing of people who wouldn't normally associate with one another um and again for good and bad so i just hope we can get over some of this like hardcore divisiveness of you know us versus them type stuff pisces is good for getting rid of that to some extent but um saturn does like boundaries and that is a boundary so so do you want to use that as kind of a let's do that as a segue to get into sort of some of the um historical saturn and pisces stuff 
Yeah, yeah. I've been doing some reading and research over the last few days, and I wanted to, I wanted to try to to situate it right. So, um, one of the the couple of things, the aha moments I had actually just last night when I was chatting with some people about this, because um, you know they were wondering, well, how is this going to impact the U.S. in particular? And um, I don't know that the Neptune cycles affect. I mean, they they affect everything, but. Other people have already commented on this is definitely not from me. Um, the, the connection between Neptune and Saturn and Neptune and, and Russia, that's very strong. Um, Uranus is the planet to watch for um, the U.S. And that mm. makes sense because Uranus is in um, Gemini in the seventh house of the U.S., the Sibley chart, um, along with Mars. Um, and so so for just to speak to that briefly, because then I'll go back to Neptune. But um, Uranus is now it's in in Taurus, so is hanging out there. Saturn is no longer squaring it from Aquarius, so um, that kind of relieves a lot of the civil unrest stuff that came up from that square. And fun fact, um, I discovered this when I was again doing the research last night. So in in like late nineties, um, they were in each other's signs from where they are, they were just over the last couple of years. So in twenty twenty one and two, we had um, Saturn in Aquarius squaring Uranus in Taurus, um, and so we got like a lot of civil unrest. The, the George Floyd thing was huge, and all of uh, those types of things, um, and ongoing protests and things of that nature, and then all the civil unrest that came up about you know the pandemic and things like that. Um, and if you go back to the late nineties, you get um, Saturn in Taurus and Uranus in Aquarius. So they were, you know, in reverse signs. And there was like the WTO protest in 1999 was a big one. It was like one of the biggest political protests in certainly in Seattle's history, probably in the US history too. Um, yeah, so that, that was kind of an interesting connection sync thing that I, I found, I figured out yesterday. I wish I had discovered that two years ago because I would have seemed like an astrological genius, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I've said it now, I've learned it now. Um, but yeah, so Uranus, I mean, Uranus goes into Gemini in uh 2025 so i think that's going to kick off a, a big new cycle for the u.s in particular um what it might mean i'm not sure but uranus was in gemini during the american revolutionary war and during abe lincoln's presidency um so maybe we get some of that vibe like it does kind of seem like the u.s is going to need to be united somehow under a, a like a leader like that, you know, and I don't know if that can even happen, but we'll see. So yeah, some yeah. kind of shakeup. It, it, but it, it might almost be like a like a dictatorship, really. Like I don't know that it's going to be a my eh. and this might be something that we can get into more as we talk about Pluto and Aquarius. Mm -hmm. Um, my worry there is a sort of pendulum swing in the other direction as a response to what's been going on for the last um you know three years or so uh um, yeah i think we're already seeing that like a radical shift to the other side and so like mm -hmm. you know i don't i shouldn't have to say this but i'm gonna say this dude i am not on the political graph like at all dude I think that the only way to win that game is to not play. Like, I do not ascribe myself, like, you know, there are some words I'll use sometimes, but it only, it, it doesn't really describe me fully. Um, so, like, I, you know, anarchist, libertarian, those are mm -hmm. only poor uh, representations of how I kind of see myself. Really, I'm 
I'm, I don't even know what to call it, you know? So like yep. when we talk about this stuff, I, I feel like, you know, like some people probably think I'm conservative and other people think I'm liberal and I'm like, well, I'm none of those things. I'm not on anyone's side. Cause no one is on my side. So like the ant thing, you know, like mm-hmm. my constituency is the dead in the land. And like, so we need to get back with that. I don't know. I'm on a rant and on a tangent, but I, so I am not cool with what's been happening the last three years. And I probably won't be cool with happening with what's happening for the next three years. If there is like this radical shift, because, um, Pluto and Aquarius, wasn't that going on during the terror and after the French revolution, the reign of terror. Correct. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just don't, you know, yeah, Pluto and Aquarius, again, we only get that preview So for this year. So May to June, and then the rest of the year is back into Cap. And then next year, mostly in Aquarius, kind of goes back into Cap a bit. Basically, end of 2024, beginning of 2025 is Pluto and Aquarius proper. So that's what we get for the next 20 years. Um, I think we will see the reorganization of communities. And that is a very, very like high-level, generic kind of thing but yeah the way humans organize themselves on a both micro and macro level and that, so if you think about the french revolution and the american revolution which crossed over both of those those periods um it was it was that it was people like reorienting how they organize themselves from a government perspective but also from like a like a family even perspective and how people live with each other so again good and bad um i think we i think we need that um we seem to be at such a like it's it seems so cliched to be like we're at a turning point we're always at a turning point um yeah and to to say yeah now it'll be different no it'll always be different now (laughs) the the turning point um, is now it is the moment it is the present Hmm. moment yeah so i i see what you're saying and um i think the power that we need to get back is to maybe be given or to figure out the words to describe yourself. Cause I've used those same words, anarchist, libertarian and stuff, but words are so weaponized. Um, yeah. And as soon as you, you try to throw a term out there, there's going to be a force that's going to come in and try to, to pervert and corrupt it and co-opt it to serve whatever other, you know, purposes out there. Um, so I think the best one I have so far is anar- <laughs> anarchonist. Anarchonist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Defund the archons. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll sign that petition. <laughs> no, don't sign the petition because then you're on a list. And we're all yeah, on a list. right. I'm on, I just I'm need you all guys list. to put your names on this list. I just need yeah. to get us all signed up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's just like disinfo 101. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, co- yeah. Cointel 101. Like, yep, don't sign up on the list. <laughs> I know. I made that mistake, let's just say, a couple times over the yeah, last couple of years. It does happen. Yeah. But anyway. Um, I'm small potatoes, so you know, you can you can take um actually heart in that. I think, you know, yeah. most of the time you're so unimportant in the grand scheme of things. There's a lot of freedom in that. Actually, <laughs> you can just try to live your life. So, yeah, I think um being um being you know, there's like that the become ungovernable meme. Mm-hmm. I think my would be like become incomprehensible. 
<laughs> hey, that fits in perfect with Pisces. Dude, I like let, get so weird, get so weird that they can't see you. Like there's the gray man yeah. thing where it's like, yeah, fit mm. into the crowd by like being like everyone else. Like, well, no, mm. fuck that. It's like, um, what is it like? It's like it's not like in the zombie movies where they smear zombie juice on them so that they can walk through the zombie horde. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. It's sort of like just it's like be something that isn't even recognizable to radar like you know what right. i mean yeah so that any any you know quote normal person is going to look at you and go i don't even know what that is so i'm just going to keep walking it's like right. well a good analogy um, of people who do that sort of from a from an unhealthy point um so people who are like uh in the middle of a drug bender or like totally in psychotic breaks and, and sadly you see that a lot um especially now um, like downtown, you know, there's, there's a lot of people because the homeless population has spiked here and I'm sure in here many too. other places. Yeah. And, and the rates of like opioid and, and other drug use is just off the charts. Um, and so a, you see, an you see them and there totally is. And you see, you see those people who they're acting incomprehensible and, and everyone just, you just avoid them. No one is going to interact. So, so, you know, <laughs> there, that there's that version of it. So if you can do that, in a healthy way, not by being hooked on drugs and living on the street. Yeah. And I think, you know, the junkies and the freaks are the, um, are the, like the crown of creation. This is all kind of Saturn and Pisces stuff, right? Yeah. I have a quick list that I was putting together just as like Saturn and Pisces through history. What do we get? So, okay. Just as, as a really fast overview. So drugs is on there for sure. Um, fun fact, an anesthetic was first used in 1846 to extract a tooth, which is ruled by Saturn. Um, and mm. so Saturn, Pisces, boom, drugs for teeth. Um, new religious movements. So the Methodists were started under it. Uh, Amazing oh, Grace was first I was used. a Methodist. Were you really? Oh, there mm -hmm. you go. Yeah. 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 Um, water stuff, obviously. Um, but especially piracy on water and polluted water the exxon valdez valdez um oil still happened under that sadly uh and then hydrogen and bombs like h bombs but also just like hydrogen energy and that has come up like huge in the last little while um including right in my backyard edmonton is like building the biggest hydrogen plant in at least in Canada, if not North America. And I'm kind of like, great, that's awesome. Uh, and then also, um, there was some like it's super tied into Russia. I'll get to that in a deck. Oh, but also, yeah, imaginal stuff. This is a fun one I liked. Um, pi. So the number pi three point one four one five nine two. Um, they they kind of declared the transcendentality of pi in a Saturn in Pisces transit. That's so interesting like, too because you talk about pirates. I had a dream like uh, two nights ago <laughs> mm -hmm. that um I was a pirate captain. And that um, the government was sending agents to inspect some pies that I had on the ship. Are, are you serious? Yes, 100%. <laughs> well, your last name is Sailor. So I would bet money on you having had some sort of seafaring <laughs> past in past yeah, lives. Right, right. Um, yeah, right on. Yeah, the pirate stuff is more from like the 1700s, um, the transits through through those century, that century. like Because, of course, that was the world, right? Like, it, you know. The seas were how we got around in a big but way. how do we see that in a modern sense like i mm -hmm. think that's some um probably some internet yep well it ties oh. into the age of air so so yes water but also um 
Well, it makes me think of, oh, have you read any William Gibson? I actually haven't, sadly. Yeah. So You'd now, think I would have based on my interests. <laughs> yeah, you would you would enjoy it. Um, but yeah, so William, he's a fantastic sci-fi writer. Um, Neuromancer is the one, you know, I, I highly recommend everyone read because it's just... Um, like classic cyberpunk. It, yeah, I call it required reading for these times for sure. But he... I think it was him who was describing, I could be confusing my sci-fi now, I swear he had some sort, it was like liquid technology crossed with like computers, but it's it's like that interface of humans with technology. And so you get like squishy bags of mostly water, which are humans, right? Um, and then interfacing that with computer technology. Um, that's There's a ton of that in Gibson's work and, and others, obviously, of like, you know, neural links and stuff in your in your mind and whatnot. Maybe that that could be a Pisces thing in a way, um, sort of like linking. I that feel in. like that's definitely also a Pluto. Oh yeah, a big Aquarius time. thing. Yeah, yeah, they kind of blend together. Like once I start looking at this, because they're happening at the same time. Yeah, that shift is really later. interesting, uh, right? Because it's almost like it's like Saturn moving through Aquarius has paved the way for Pluto to enter it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't, or I have a hard time. Um, making those two separate events right well and that's why i have there's been some people it wasn't me but like some other people who have said you know maybe we won't actually notice pluto and aquarius as much at least not right away because it is more saturn just a, really yeah so it's like a different shift from like okay so the capricorn is you know saturn's earth sign now moving into saturn's air sign there is a shift but it's still saturn so um it may it may feel familiar still for some time i think yeah, but the so the Russia stuff. I mean, again, other astrologers, not me, have have commented on the Russia connection to Saturn and Neptune. I did just put together a quick list when I was um, researching for this, and I mean, I am sure it goes farther back. I don't know my Russian history nearly well enough to to comment on that. But so in eighteen oh nine, so this is Saturn Neptune conjunctions so through history. So in eighteen oh nine, it was in Sag and. We got the Grand Principality of Finland, which was the predecessor of modern Finland. And the Finns basically pledged allegiance to Alexander I of Russia. Um, And that has come up again with Finland about to join NATO or whatever. And that's like a big deal for Russia. And I think over here in North America, we kind of maybe don't get that as much. Like, why? Like, who cares? But like going back through history, you see it's like it's a thing. Like Finland and Russia were like you know, quite allied um, with their neighbors, right? So that it makes sense. Well, I also um, don't the, think that a lot of, America, of Americans realize that NATO was formed mm-hmm. in direct opposition to Russia. Like, yes, it was. Yes, 100%. So yes, there's other issues going on with NATO for sure. Um, and the, yeah, so that Grand Principality of Finland lasted until the, well, not the next, but the next next Saturn-Neptune, which was in 1917. There was one, so it was, that was 1809. Then there was one in 1882, which was in Taurus. And that was the end of the the pogroms i think they're called this was like a series of ongoing attacks um in the russian empire on jews it was like genocide basically yeah but those officially ended i guess in 1882 so good that was a good thing but that directly concerns right because it was all within the russian empire um then 1917 was in leo and of course well okay yeah it was world war one but it was also the russian october revolution right like that was the end of the czars and the replacement of that with communism and then in 1952 and 53 was in Libra. Stalin died. There was power struggles. Khrushchev took over. Uh, there were some uprisings in East Berlin that were quelled by the military. 
Um, and then there was the, there was the Catalina affair, which is where Soviet planes were shot down or they shot down, sorry, a Swedish military plane, um, which was conducting intelligence over the Baltic Sea. So that felt I, I included that because I was like, well, that sounds familiar. I'm resisting um, quoting stepbrothers right now, but continue. <laughs> Go ahead. Quote it. The Catalina fucking wine mixer. <laughs> Yeah, and then 1989 was the last Saturn Neptune, uh, and that was in Capricorn, and Gorbachev became president, uh, and the Berlin Wall fell, and it was like the beginning of the end of of the USSR, right? And then you know a couple of years later we got the um, you know all of those new former Soviet nations kind of declaring their independence, and um, yeah, so that that was Saturn Neptune as it related directly to Russia, and so. Uh, the next Saturn Neptune is at zero degrees of Aries in 2026. So if we look at the last two, so the 1952, three and 89, 52 and 53 was in Libra, which is a sign of Saturn's exaltation. 89 was in Capricorn, the sign of um, Saturn's domicile. And in Aries, the one in 2026, that's a sign of Saturn's fall. So we got two really strong Saturns for the last one, which did coincide with like building up and then restructuring um, things on a fundamental level. And I don't know, I, I really can't predict what's going to happen in this one. It doesn't look good for government in general. Like Sick. it looks, yeah, I know. Right. It looks, it looks like, yeah, that's for government. So maybe good for the people. I don't know, but yeah, so it's, I like the Anthony Hopkins from legends of the fall. Have you seen it? Mm, like years ago, I don't remember. It's a great quote where he says, "Screw the government." Screw the government. But um, I would. I should. I need to have sound bites where I play these things. You know what I mean? <laughs> that that shifts Screw the tone em. of the podcast, though. <laughs> yeah, it does definitely. <laughs> you don't want to be shock jocks. <laughs> Uh, not not really although it'd be fun for like a day but no. it would be fun to do it yeah just like one episode. like a halloween episode yeah i can't guarantee i'm going to keep listening to your uh podcast <laughs> if you turn into a shock talk. whoa holy wow oh my gosh um yeah interesting that's interesting now, especially <laughs> since it's like it's hard to resist the language of saturn's fall yeah right you know i use it on purpose Sounds, I'm optimistic about this stuff. Like, I know yeah. a lot of people think that 2026 is like a World War III thing. Mm. I know well, people think 20... that. I don't necessarily think that, but. So if it's going to happen, my money would be on 2025, actually. But Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, okay. so I don't I don't think that World War happens the way that we've seen World War. I, I think even the word World War, what is that? Like, uh, I just think we need different words. Kind of like what we were talking about trying to describe ourselves politically. If we need new words or no words, I don't know. But. From an astrological perspective, 2025 is a very volatile year. Um, it is almost, but not quite as volatile as 2020. It'll be, it'll be like the next peak in volatility for the, like, say the last, for the 2020s for that decade. So like 2020 is the top, then 2025, I would probably put 2023 in third spot there. So we are there now. Um, so we in a lot of volatility because of these, mainly because of these ingresses and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Sure, that's still going to be it's going to be volatile, but it's um, that doesn't necessarily mean war at all, right? So, like honestly, when I went back and I poured over those charts for World War One and Two, 
they they were coincided with Saturn Pluto very strongly, but with other stuff too. And we were past that. Like we did that and that was the pandemic. So yeah, that's, yeah. I just, I mean, who knows? It could, it could happen. And there are certainly people who already think we are in a war. So or a world war, I should say. Yeah. We talked about this before we hit record. I think that, um, and uh, you know, I've said it before, but, um, I think the territory that's being contested is you mm-hmm. and me and everyone's mind and their heart. Um, I think that is the the battleground of this World War Three. Like World War Three is within you. It's just a mind war. These are all mm-hmm. slogans that we've come up with before on this show. Like, which sounds really scary, but actually, it's um. I, I've used Bible verses to describe this before and I'll do it again. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like th- my favorite book, but like, I just grew up with this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so the same person said that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men lay hold of it. And mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven is within you. Um, Jesus uh, purportedly said both of those things, right? And um, I think that those things are very relevant right now because I think that the kingdom of heaven is within you, and I think that the power is within you. And this is exactly why the powers that be need you not to know that. They need you not to believe that because they their power is illusory and it is granted by you we all take part in that egregore and i think that's coming to that's going to change and i that's my optimism here is that like they are grasping because i do think that there's i do think that there's a consciousness shift happening or whatever you want to call it an awakening a um uh a paradigm shift, a a new aeon, whatever it is. Maybe we're just at the beginning of it and maybe we won't live to see it, but I think that things are changing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of them. Yeah, I think a lot of people have a really big God-shaped hole inside themselves. And I think that is the byproduct of, of materialism, um, which came directly from the enlightenment era the last time pluto was in aquarius so now more than ever is the time to reclaim that um or <laughs> maybe recontextualize it um and and then with saturn in pisces pisces is associated with sort of transcendentality and and spirituality and religion and all of these things um with neptune there i think neptune kind of clouds it because people often i think the meanings of neptune and pisces have been really overlapped but that's probably because neptune's been in pisces for so long for the last several decades and yeah so it's difficult to sort of parse out that um but yeah needless to say i think that people need to need to do something with that um and there's so so many people are so cut off because you know what does hardcore atheism give you um is that the is that true is that reality is that what humans should do and believe <laughs> it literally killed me nothing? it literally yeah. killed me <laughs> yeah um and anyone that wants to know more about that is free to email me 
at Tim at nightbirdpodcast.com. Uh, and we'll go into it. Or you can listen to the past episodes. I was just going to say, describing. listen to this podcast. You'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. Yeah. You'll, you can um, tell those stories. Yeah. It, uh, it was, you know, it's interesting because it came, it came to me as what felt like a form of liberation. And I think it was to some extent because I was being liberated from how, I was raised to imagine God or the spiritual or whatever it is, but um, it quickly became a little just as dogmatic as uh, my religion was, right? Mm -hmm. So I think these were all like necessary periods in my life, and um, it's kind of a microcosm of what we might have to go through as a society, right? Um, and that's just what it is, you know, like my the way I look at it is that my step into total atheist materialism was actually a step towards God. <laughs> like Ooh. as crazy as it might sound, because it's the same way that my, it's hard to describe this. My first hit of a hard drug was also my first, a step towards this well it's a step towards the place i'm at now which is just like a new understanding and a new way of relating to these concepts um like my small ideas of what god could be or of what spirituality could be or of what spirit could be were um totally supplanted by this sort of limitlessness I was imposing the limits. Anyway, yeah. that's a tangent again. And um yeah, I don't know yeah, where I we mean, were. Drugs and God are pretty intimately connected. I mean, yeah. Think about it, like using substances to find God, to see God, um and maybe vice versa. Wait, using God to find substances? Actually probably. Um think about the divine inspiration that had to happen for humans to number one, know to pick up this plant or this mushroom or whatever and eat it and not die for starters and and to use it like ayahuasca, yeah. I don't have any personal um experience or connection with, but when you when you re like when you learn that it is this concoction and it's different, you know, probably every time, um, of all of these different plants and the combination and all of that, um, that's so how do we figure that out? Right. Like there's so many things where it just seems like, um, yeah, <laughs> and sure science and evolution can explain it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that there was not also divine. Well, there's a reason we call them, we call them spirits, you know, like yep. uh, alcohol, we call spirits. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I think that, yeah, dude, there's total validity to that. And like, it just happens to be my Dharma that I like, I'm cut off for the remainder of this incarnation. <laughs> I had my fun. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Cut off isn't even the right word. I'm really connected uh, to that stream that I was looking for with those things. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm able to yeah. access that now whenever I want. Yeah. Um, and so like I've said it before, but in that way, like drugs have been like drugs and alcohol are like my great teacher, mm -hmm. like my addiction and my alcoholism is my greatest teacher and fear is my compass um these are things that i used to think were curses 
upon me and like bars that were forming the prison that is this world. But I'm telling you, and I'm talking to the listener as well as you, that the perspective shift of being able to look at things that I think are my greatest downfall as a teacher and as a guide and as like to be grateful for those things has absolutely transformed my life because there's never going to not be like, I just think that this realm is a realm of those things. Like Saturn is real. Archons are real. Um, that's like what we're here to do. And so like, if you're looking, if, if I'm looking for this utopia, well, the meaning of the word utopia is also nowhere. That's one translation of utopia is no place. Yeah. I think utopia is a really dangerous concept. Let's start talking about cults. This is a good cult segue. Yeah. Just as dystopia and utopia are both terrifying. um, Yeah. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Cults though. Well, this, hey, this one ties into drugs and God and Saturn and Neptune. So, totally. Uh, in 1989, there was a couple pretty intense um, cult happenings, which would have coincided with that Saturn and Neptune, which was in Capricorn at the time. Um, the first one was, um, they were Ugandan, and it was, I'm I'm not going to pronounce their name correctly, but Credonia Morinde, M- Morinde and Joseph Kibwetri. Sorry, totally pronounced that wrong. But anyway, they founded the movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments in um, southwestern Uganda. They were like strictly following the Ten Commandments to the point of not speaking. Um, they were claiming to have visions of, you know, the Virgin Mary and St. Joseph and Jesus Christ. And um, yeah, they, you know, killed a bunch of people, um, their followers and stuff. And, then and this is during what transit? Saturn, Neptune and Capricorn, 1989. Okay. So not Saturn Pisces, but Saturn Neptune. And the end of the Saturn Pisces transit that just started is him uniting with Neptune, which will be at the very, very beginning of Aries. But yeah, that's kind of the vibe coming up is the Saturn Neptune thing. Um, and then also in 1989. So this one, this one's nuts. Um, Adolfo Constanzo. So he yeah, was. This one is nuts. You got, you know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So yeah, Los Narcos Satanicos. So it was the narco Satanists in Cuba. Yeah. So he was like a drug dealer, cult leader, gang leader guy. Um, they were doing he, Paolo Mayombe, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he yeah. got into magic and, and stuff like that, like early. And he used it to sort of charm his way out of uh, police, you know, encounters and things like that and getting busted. And he ended up attracting a following. And they used to, they kidnap people and, and sacrifice them. Like, so they were literally kidnapping people for human sacrifices. Uh, and he claimed that that's why he was able to like escape, you know. Yeah, they were doing, and, they were like the, like, they were doing magic for the cartels, right? Like yeah, they, yeah. 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 Uh, ended badly, as you can expect. Like it ended in a police shootout and he, and the, you know, um, Adolfo got shot and, and killed. Uh, and then that just kind of like, so it ended that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a very literal like Saturn Neptune like um yeah like like all of that's pretty intense so let's hope that we don't you know get that sort of thing going on but there is going to be this like we've got this reorganization of society social communities and things like that we've got this you know need and want for for spirituality of any kind or a better one and people like filling in these gaps that have been kind of like crushed out of them from like all this time living under materialism 
and uh and yeah like so there's going to be some some interesting things that that may come out of that gangs was on my list of like possible issues over the next little while of course there's lots of gang stuff going on um all the time but yeah just like i think we'll see some new iterations of that yeah um yeah i think anytime that right and you said this but like anytime that that the way people are choosing to relate to spirit is shifting that there's like um there's the possibility of cults forming like it's just a reality right people are seeking and there are going to be people that kind of take advantage of this and so like i actually don't have a problem with cults in general no um as crazy as it sounds but like a high control environment is a different thing right because a cult Mm -hmm. just means like a following of of it can be like of a certain god or a certain person like i'm less cool with that like i think we're not going to be I think that the way to find this is no longer through the guru um, for a while, personally. That's just my take. Like, and that doesn't mean not to have teachers, mm-hmm. but I just don't think it's centralized. Like, we're entering decentralization territory. Yeah. And so, like, it's my responsibility to gather all these nuggets. Oh, I hit the microphone to gather all these nuggets of truth from all these different areas and it's my responsibility to kind of take those together and do what i will with them um so in a sense like being my own guru uh which is scary because it's a lot of responsibility people Mm -hmm. don't like that yeah well i mean yeah like saturn neptune in 89 was in capricorn so that is like peak centralization of power and and things like that and the one we're coming into is it's it's all through Pisces up until the very last, you know, well, not the very last moment. This is all a process, but we get it coming together in Pisces, which is like the opposite of, of centralization and then into Aries. And it's almost like a, I don't know, that conjunction happening right at zero Aries seems like a, well, yeah, if there were gurus and stuff and I could see gurus coming up as Saturn and Pisces, it kind of feels like a, Oh, there will definitely be gurus, but they're all going to like, fall <laughs> like quickly yeah. when when that shift happens in aries and then it's like then the aries is individualism right in a big way so there i mean if we do see people falling into these groups over the next couple of years um following whoever you know charismatic leaders of whatever kinds i think that shift in you know in 2026 into aries is going to be like killing your teachers hopefully not literally but hey yeah. um if you meet yeah, the Buddha like, on the road kill him sort of thing yeah who knows right um but it's and it is it is quite a thing to go through um to really like to really admire someone to the point of like holding them up on a pedestal and then seeing through that and and kind of either kicking the pedestal over or just walking away and um it is it's a it's a growth if you never go beyond if you never have that experience of like this person was my teacher and now they're not um it's it can be very like um it can be uncomfortable because it's fantastic it, it can be too yeah it's, it's it can be very liberating especially if the the way that relationship has gone has been a, like has become or is too oppressive right like if it's just you can never contradict them they are right they are supreme authority like that's never going to work for anyone um yeah so and i've had them come back like sometimes <laughs> i had to go do my own thing and to realize like oh you know this person was like really valuable to me and i like there's what they offered was great 
and like mm-hmm. but i wasn't able to really like because it's a relationship right so like it's not all on the teacher like it's about how i approach mm-hmm. the teacher and how i treat the teacher so like i can be in a cult of personality just by my own by what i'm doing by how i'm mm-hmm. doing it even if that like you know what i mean like that person doesn't have to be a cult leader for me to be in a cult yeah. like if that makes any sense like uh, yeah. if no, i'm worshiping does. someone like i need to ask myself some questions yeah well and on a broader scale i'm curious to know what this does to celebrity culture because you want to talk about cults of personalities you know that's what celebrity worship is yeah and... i have big ideas about that oh yeah let's hear them yeah i think that um when you stop um venerating your ancestors and the dead that you start venerating the living mm. because the the way that that comes about is through falling out of relation with the dead so like not thinking they're even a, like materialism around. they yeah, don't materialism. exist because they're gone yeah right mm-hmm. and it makes people easier to control because okay look at the past look at recent times um so if you worship celebrities right now, you're in a really dangerous place because they're all bought and paid for and will just say whatever their funders and their benefactors uh, want them to say. And so by, by venerating living people, I put myself in a very, I mean, besides like, I mean, obviously there are certain people that are like holy, right? But like, they're not, they're usually they're not Kardashians. Yeah. <laughs> they're usually not <laughs> celebrities, right? Yeah. They're um they're kind of off in the forest or something. Um and so yeah, so like this this veneration of celebrities and this celebrity worship is actually like I hate to use this phrase, but it's like a false idol thing where like it puts me in a very controllable position. It like it's leverage. It can be leveraged against me very easily. Like look at the fucking Epstein flight logs. And look at the people on that. And I guarantee you there's a couple people on there that everyone like likes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a bummer, but it also revealed to me like, oh yeah, I can't, I remember now that I can't like, I don't know these people. Like you don't know them and social mm-hmm. media blurs those lines too. Like, oh yeah. You know, this is a person with the publicist. Like that has a marketing campaign that dictates who they are to the public. And the success of that marketing campaign dictates their celebrity, right? So like, and then also their celebrity is dictated by a lot of um inside baseball stuff, right? That we just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um what they'll where what they're willing to do or will say or whatever. Um yeah, so so that's a whole tangent, but like, yeah, that's my take on it. Mm-hmm. Is that it's actually used against people and it's like so if i but like my role models are fucking dead you know what i mean so like they're beyond that so like a good example is um okay this is just coming to me right now and i don't know why but like the dead can't be further corrupted they can only be for like elevated um, which I don't know if that's true, but it just came into my mind and it's ringing true to me. So like, for instance, there's a lot of people that died in 2016 
that were celebrities. Yeah, and right? everyone was mourning and being like, "This is the worst year." It's when David Bowie died and stuff. I think David Bowie, right. Prince, Lemmy, right. um, all these artists, mm-hmm. and to me, those people were like the dead go before us. The dead go before us to prepare a place for us. They can do things for us that living people can't do. They're able to be present for us in a way that living people aren't like. And, you know, living people are able to be present in a great way. These aren't like good and bad, right and wrong things. It's not a dichotomy. It's just different. So like dead people can be there for me in a different way. Like their power is dispersed to the collective. So David Bowie is a really good example for this. I personally believe that David Bowie is a mighty dead. He's a saint. Um, He has visited me in dreams. He has like shown up to me in synchronicities. He, um, he appears in the strangest ways, like videos will surface of him. Like I shared this around at one point in the pandemic, but there's like, um, he voiced this character in a game, um, called Omicron. (laughs) And he's giving this dire warning to the citizens of Omicron. And it was like, right when the Omicron variant was going around or whatever that bullshit is. Um, and he was saying, citizens of Omicron, you're, corrupt governments are trying to control you like break free and 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 this clip from this video game kind of resurfaced at that time sure yeah and so this is how the dead operate um they can speak to us in these ways that are not um so much um explicit but kind of through the subconscious anyway um you're making me think about go ahead sorry go ahead no, I was just going to say saints, ancestors. Um, yeah. These are uh, like, these are my fucking, um, my role models. Yeah. And I'm not saying anyone has to do that, but like, I'm just, it's been nice for me, but go ahead. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. That, that reminded me of board games. I was thinking about earlier today and about the, like, what's, what is a board game? Okay. So on the one hand, they're super nerdy just go with me on this so think about the like most popular board games and if you don't know anything about it that's fine but like monopoly okay so what is that that's like capitalism right so that's just like banding together to play capitalism with each other um also risk so think about risk that's world domination that's colonization and stuff and and just tying it into like geopolitical stuff um how do you win risk well you have to take over like asia basically right asia and europe or like asia and the south pacific like it's that region right if you own that you're, you're good like you take or you, t- you I, base I don't... yourself in australia and amass forces right. and then spread out from there yeah 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 because it's an island it's hard to get to right and so like yeah. look at what's going on in the world like where is the u.s focusing a lot of their military power it's like in the south china sea and you know philippines and like that area sort of just north of australia um yeah. So I was also thinking there's this board game. It was like not as as popular because it's newer. So it just hasn't had as much time. Um, but I remember playing it. It's called Pandemic. And it came out before the pandemic. And it was a cooperative game where you're supposed to, there's a pandemic and you have to work with the other players. So there is no winners or losers. You're just trying to like um, work with the rest of the people there to like, you know, whatever, get over the pandemic. But I remember playing it and I was, I was really good at it actually um, <laughs> as being like, because it, I have project manager ten- tendencies and it that that's the kind of game even though it's cooperative it really helps if one person's there it's like okay here's what we're gonna do and we're gonna yeah totally um yeah and 
so that just that was really popular a few years before the actual pandemic right and so i was thinking about just board games and like these little things that bubble up um in in our our you know modern society that are like hallmarks of whatever bigger cycles and structures that are going on there this is really not a coherent like thesis in any means it's just something that kind of popped into my head earlier today and i was like what's up with that man what's up with this board game so yeah i don't know yeah are they rituals they're very ritualized um yeah any kind of game i mean tarot is a game right or is it mm -hmm. yeah oh, no, i want to i'm gonna there's like, actually everyone off now <laughs> no there's actually like some really fertile ground in that um and i think i talked about this with um I talk about this with it may have gotten cut anyway it's an episode that's going to happen in the future um okay well fortune telling right like fortune telling with cards is like kind of for entertainment and not but right and there's also that game called um it was like a cell phone app that was like oh the um, plague inc maybe or it was like a pandemic again? game plague inc I didn't. I thought you were going to say the one where you um you say what you want to experience, and then it gives you GPS coordinates, and you drive to. Oh, random knots. Uh, you know, um, yeah. I have crazy stories from that. You can listen to the episode with Nick Hinton. I remember listening uh, to that. Yeah, one. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He worked on that. Um, yeah, that was wild too. Um, yeah, all these things kind of they kind of seep they seep into the collective consciousness, right? Like the games that we play are important. And that's why I'm like, really, it freaks me out. Um, like the call of duty stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, it's I used to play a lot too. of call of duty, right? Yeah. But yeah it's, it's, it's programming, programming you to be able you. to shoot someone. Well, like the, the kids and I say kids, I mean, they were young adults, right. But flying drones and stuff. Well, if you're good at those, like, flight sim games or like shooter flights and whatever i don't even know because i don't play them but like you're probably going to be a pretty good drone oh, pilot. all that shit has military funding yeah of course it does yeah yeah so it, again it's like these games they're not just innocuous little pastimes they're also they're so um well weaponized for lack of a better word they're they're gamified to the point where yeah you're they're gaming your nervous system um i have to be really careful because i have i get so addicted to certain types of games uh, anything with like a really cleanly built like achievement system hits so many checkboxes oh, for yeah, me totally. personally. Like I lost a year of my life playing WoW because it was all based on achievements. Yeah. Um, and then with all the other, you know, group stuff. Anyway, so yeah, I'm glad I had that experience because it taught me a lot. And it taught me for starters that I will never get that invested in a game ever again because it will tear apart your life. And it's so ridiculous and it seems kind of cheesy and silly but yeah no like you can literally destroy relationships because you're all you're doing is living in the game right so. well games nowadays are designed to do that they like are designed yeah. to push those dopamine centers just like in the same way that social media does even fucking duolingo okay <laughs> oh yeah so i yeah duolingo is gamifying like learning languages right and so i i downloaded it i had played it a little bit played it you know, right like, i'm playing to learn a language i had it a, a few years ago and, and deleted it and then i got it again because i wanted to kind of re-up my my french um and it it is kind of good for that but they they game number one they gamify it in a way where they're trying to get you to sign up for the monthly subscription so yeah. that you don't encounter all the roadblocks that you know that they have to put in because you just keep playing for an hour nope we have to try oh, to, the worst. Know, we have to pay for that yeah yeah um and i purposefully 
a big thing in Duolingo is like, um, don't keep, like, keep your streak going, practice every day or else, oh no, you lose your streak. Well, who gives a shit if you lose your streak? Cause you got busy for a week. Right. Yeah. But it, it hits that sort of like, oh no, I'm going to lose something here and I better log in. And I, I caught myself being like, oh, I better do Duolingo, even though I like didn't really want to that day. So yeah. I purposefully turned off push notifications, which was my first mistake that I even enabled them. And then yeah. I was just like, nope, if I lose my stupid streak on Duolingo, it doesn't matter. But I also super get why people are like into that. Like, I don't even know what, how many days my husband has, has a, had his Spanish streak. It's something crazy. Like hundreds, like does it actually help you days. learn the language? Um, Yes and no. Yeah. So I've been doing okay with the French, but I took six years of French in school. So I'm, yeah. it's kind of just re remembering what I had already learned. Um, I don't think it, you could just learn a lot. Maybe enough to learn some very basic phrases to travel, which I think is its purpose. But you're you're going to need to do something more formal if you need to like actually master a language. Yeah. Anyway, it's too that, bad I don't. That's even... too bad they don't have Aramaic on that. I would do that. <laughs> <I should> check. <laughs> I don't know. They've got a lot of crazy things. I mean, I did. I did look up. Yeah, do they have ancient Greek on Duolingo? Probably not. <laughs> That'd be dope, though. Yeah, I'm gonna. Why can't you teach me how to translate ancient astrological texts? Come on. <laughs> um, cool. So from there, where do we jump? From um, Duolingo to, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just looking at the astrology of the rest of the year. I mean, this isn't just about yeah. astrology. Do you want to look but... forward now? I mean, we've kind of yeah. We can we can look forward. Been I doing mean, that a little bit. For sure. Like, so again, the, the March is, is intense. Like this, the third week of March um, is, you know, Pluto and Mars changing signs. So those will be pretty, pretty big. Um, and then April, we get the first solar eclipse of the year, which is April 19th. It's at 29 Aries. So it's a shift from the Taurus Scorpio eclipses last year to there's, there's one in Scorpio, one in Taurus, and then one in Libra and Aries this year. So they're shifting. Um, I mean, eclipses, my, my standard eclipse warnings apply. Go listen to that episode if you haven't yet. Um, they suck. Stay out of the light. Do some cleansing. Take it easy. Do some prayers. Yeah, yeah that sort of thing. Praise Rahu. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, I don't do that. <laughs> I'll that be doing that. Yeah, okay. You'll be doing that. I do not be doing that. So Yeah, yeah. it's cool. We can, we can um, and ex you know, experience both sides and then kind of come together on how it affects our lives definitely yeah definitely yeah, yeah yeah so there's the solar eclipse in april and then uh lunar in may at the very beginning the may eclipse i have on my bingo card um a sort of maybe a conclusion or at least another big development in the ftx story just oh, because that really came out in the eclipses in the fall in the like near the end of 2022 um yeah it was such an eclipse story holy cow it was just like right on point so we're getting the last eclipse in scorpio um it's a lunar eclipse in scorpio um on may 5th and so i was i was wondering i think that might coincide i think he might get sentenced or something i don't know if i had to guess i would think something like that probably cool yeah I'm and then yeah, for good news stories, May 16th, Jupiter goes into Taurus. And so I think that's that's cool. I mean, Jupiter has been going through Aries. He's kind of like rampaging through Aries really fast. I don't know that we're... I, I personally haven't put my finger on any like one news story that really is like, yeah, ah, yes, Jupiter and Aries. I think it's just... Um, 
Yeah, I'm really, really not sure, actually. But Jupiter into Taurus, I think, is... How do you feel about Jupiter and Aries as... It may be a more Mars Gemini thing, but what do you like think about that with conspiracy stuff? Yeah, so because we have Mars and Gemini, that's been a lot of the like war narrative talk and and that type of all this espionage type stuff. The spy balloons, maybe that's tied into Jupiter and Aries, just only in the sense of like um, blowing it out of proportion, maybe. Or um, dude, I just think that that's just distraction stuff. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, but my thing is like, what from, like, I know it did happen at the same mm-hmm. time as the chemical spill in Ohio. Yeah. But even that, and then that was like the, I remember people being like, ignore the spy balloons. There's this chemical spill. And it's like, ignore this, the chemical spill. There's the, I don't know, Hunter Biden laptop or whatever. I mean, all of it's that is psyops on psyops on psyops. It's just noise. It really is. Yeah. It's, uh, I think yeah, that so, personally, like just being, having your head in that is the point like because i've mm-hmm. kind of withdrawn from all that stuff same and um it's been so nice hell yeah it's been so good because i can live my life you can hear yourself think again and you're yeah. not just like hearing all these other things going and so it's interesting face. because it's like reacting to people reacting to the thing oh is still reacting to the thing <laughs> yes it is it's downstream from it right yeah. So, t- like, I can just step out of that stream and step into a different stream. Mm-hmm. That easy. Yeah. 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 I agree. And then, I mean, Jupiter through Aries, ha. Huh, you know, maybe it's it's just part of that. I uh, thought maybe, I felt great. Maybe he's since... actually maybe he's mitigating Mars in a way by going through Mars's sign. Yeah. Um, you know, he's like, you know, Jupiter doesn't really have any particular affinity with Aries, but he's like, I'm in your base. Yeah, well, he's kind of maybe if he's going to be a general, he's going to be like a noble general. So you've at least got like maybe they're, you know, kind of keeping the worst things under wraps that we might get. If you know. What do you think about this? Um, OK, let's talk about I want to like, you know, right after I'm saying like I've had my head out of this stuff, mm-hmm. I do kind of want to look at some of the current events like um, this January 6th. Oh yeah. Stuff. Have you been paying attention to the like the footage that was released? So like Very basically little. they gave the footage just to Tucker Carlson. Right. I did know that. And everyone was like, ah, how could you just give it to Tucker? Ah, Tucker and that I. to me is also a psyop, right? Because it's yeah. like, okay, you're only gonna like it's like the it's same thing. It's really hard um, not to get tangled up into the bullshit with this. Totally. And then the, the what was it, the Twitter files one, yeah. which is like Elon just gave his the Twitter files to uh what's that guy um to Matt Taibbi and uh, Glenn Greenwald yeah yeah Yeah. and um there was another person um a woman um I can't remember her name yeah um yeah so like limited hangouts Mm. (laughs) yeah which again is what even is that like. Yeah, that's that is also psyop. But it, it just makes me think of <laughs> one of my um, favorite memes I've seen recently is the psyopticon, and it's just oh like yeah, <laughs> all of the memes. And Arnold is like running out of it, even though goddamn yeah. Arnold, man, I'm so disappointed in that man. But anyway, <sighs> same hey, like there. That's one so talking like just to call back on our celebrity talk. The last three years have been fantastic 
for kicking over the pedestals that you may have had certain famous people and celebrities up on. Yeah. I was just it, becoming disappointed with someone I had previously um, admired was like a big mood for the last three years, right? Like it, it oh, really them, has them too. Like, Oh, okay. Well that sucks. I don't yeah. know if I'm going to be able to watch your movies anymore, man. Cause I'm just going to be thinking about this bullshit you said on Twitter, but yeah, it's hard to watch any movies now for that reason. Yeah. And I mean, that was already starting earlier with like the me too stuff there. And I will admit like some of it has affected me. Like I, I have a hard time watching certain people now because of things they've done. Right. Like I can't, yeah. I can't separate them from the character anymore. So I can't enjoy that movie, which whatever it's just, a movie it's actually it. been liberating. Like you said, it's been good for me. Um, yeah, but so, but where where do we look at that astrologically? Um, I want to I want to know what you think about the. Um, and I know you don't really follow American stuff as closely, um, but yeah. So this idea of it's both of these things that you're talking about, like this idea of okay, like we're gonna put the truth out but we're only going to put it through this source mm-hmm. and therefore it's going to be totally inaccessible for the half of you that we've indoctrinated to hate this source. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to put yeah. it pretty like, that's a very charged way of putting it. Um, right. Like, so it's like, if you want to hear, sorry, we're all being indoctrinated by the way, if you haven't, like if you're just tuning in, like everybody yeah. is, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you you said it right there. So with the um with the January sixth stuff, giving it only to Tucker. Okay, so you're gar- you're basically guaranteeing, yeah, that this the segment of people who already believed that that was one thing, like you know, yeah. Trump trying to overthrow the government or whatever. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. How that's... Anyway, that you're take. Good. Um, but those are those are the like they're never going to listen to Tucker. Like they're just not. They like they like can't. They're like allergic to it. Right? Right. Um, and so then you're just basically it's I think it's just increasing the echo chamber. Right. Because then the people who are listening to Tucker and who were like January 6th wasn't that it was this like they're it's just repeating what they already thought. So it's just yeah. kind of I think it's just reinforcing the division. Yeah, um, I think that's a hangover from all of the Saturn stuff we've been under. Um, and I think it's. Uh, definitely Mars and Gemini. So again, him finally getting out of that sign will help because that uh, Mars and Gemini is like absolutely weaponized information, right? So, yeah. um, so that I would I would kind of point to that one. So hopefully that will like alleviate somewhat. And the eclipse is happening in Mars signs this this spring, like April and May. It's in, you know it's in um, Aries and then in uh, Scorpio. So maybe that'll be like Mars, you know, releasing the Mars stuff with a bang. We'll see. Um, but yeah, then we get into like the eclipses in the fall or in Venus signs. So it's, it's, it's different. It's a very different vibe. It kind of, yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be kind of what I, what I would look at. I'm going to blame Mars and Gemini for that, for those two examples in particular anyway. Yeah. And you, I can't resist the symbolism of Gemini's duality to like, mm-hmm. not only weaponized information, but weaponized information that is kind of, causing these two distinct sides to form as reflections of one another. Yep. Um, Yeah, definitely. Because I can't exist. If I stand in direct opposition to something, then it defines my existence. Mm -hmm. By reflection, yeah. By reflection. I can't be who I am without it. If I'm standing, like this is the same idea as like, to fight the empire is to become deranged by its madness. 
Mm. So I have to find another way to respond. You have to make space for both within you. Um, And that's going to be the big challenge for everyone. Saturn and Pisces may give us some chance to do that. Um, Pisces is another double bodied or mutable sign, right? Where it's, it's, you know, the two halves, there aren't even two halves, right? They, but you, you hold, you hold all of it within you um, and merge with all of yes, it. So the alchemical you, process. Yeah. Right. So go to the primordial sea and just kind of like goop it up for a while. <laughs> well, it's important for me to see the capability to do anything that a human can do. That capability exists inside me by virtue of the fact that I'm human. So all the darkness that's been done in all of history, that capability exists within me. I'm not separate from it. Mm-hmm. But you know what the upshot to that is? All of the good stuff, all of the bright, um, noble deeds that have been done, all of the the standing up to the great fear, all of um, you know, all of the courage, that's in me too. But those both have to be there or else I become some sort of like some like caricature. I don't know if that's a good word. Automaton. Yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah, I become very um, I only exist in in relation to that which I oppose. Um, Anyway, so yeah, that's another place where I'm optimistic, though, is like, um, you know, I'm hoping to see more of that. Mm-hmm. But like the more that happens, it's so interesting to see because the more that the more that that opportunity presents itself, because I think like people have access to all this information, right? The more that that opportunity presents itself, then like the powers respond in their way and it's like really weird to see like how crazy it gets mm-hmm. and just how weird it gets right yeah like, the weirdness like is, i lean into shooting the down balloons and my, saying there's aliens yeah right like my my message i think for 2023 is lean into the weirdness and just let it wash over you <laughs> just accept yes. it um yeah and let go of the let's anger let's get weird um, let's yeah. get weird yeah anger and resentment are Okay, well, anger is going to happen, right? Yeah, of course, it's natural and it should, and it's yeah. not a, it's not bad on its own. Anger is very useful sometimes. Right. You should get angry, and there are actually there there. This is another part of everything going on. There are certain things happening that we are we're being trained to not to override our natural anger about yeah. because someone or something is saying this. This is actually a good thing. This, there's no problem here. No, right. you shouldn't be angry about that. What are you, a bigot? And it's like, no, no, no. Some, sometimes, and just listen to yourself, ignore everything else. And if they're like, interrogate it and be like, wait, do, should I actually be angry about this? And like, go with it. You are the product of all of this years of evolutionary history. And this is, this sounds very materialist. You are, you are also the product of, you know, countless other years of spiritual evolution. Um, yeah. And so anger is, it is a useful, valid human emotion. Um, right. And it's unavoidable. When properly controlled, that's my caveat, of course. Mars out of control will burn down the house and everyone in it. The way I see it is the same as I view pain and suffering. So pain is inevitable, but I don't have to suffer. Suffering mm-hmm. is optional. And so 
the suffering version of anger is resentment and um resentment will kill me mm-hmm. if it doesn't do so physically it will do so spiritually and so but that's my choice whether i'm going to hold that yeah. like the resentment is all a personal choice so like the anger or or the external things that occur I don't really have so much control over. I mean, I had a little bit, right? But like, I don't. In in general, like, those things are going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like I could go sit in a cave, but even then, right? Some cave frog might take my cave biscuit, um, <laughs> and you know, whatever. But I have a choice of whether I'm going to hold on to that. And it, it, spiritually, it appears to me as a rock that I carry or like a calcified, like um, it's actually appeared to me as like a flame that was frozen in place and had to be um, melted and like re like trans transfigured kind of into a fire. I I think a lot of these, um, these emotions, resentment and whatnot, these really negative emotions that we can let just stew and build within us. I think they actually do become things like cancer. Yeah, um, totally. Um, and yeah, it takes years. And that's also why you can't just think away cancer if it shows. I mean, you can't. Like you can literally use, you know, magic and 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 physical mundane medicines to get rid of it. Um, but like if if your cancer has been the product of the last five decades of you feeling so like negatively whatever way it is like you're not going to undo that in five months Um, i have to get down to causes and conditions mm -hmm. i have to look at the there i think that and this is not an uncommon point of view from a spiritual perspective that um the spiritual realities manifest in the physical like and not really the other way around which is it could be easy to see it that way, right? Um, but yeah, disease is a manifestation of something that's been going on below the surface and it's kind of coming up. So mm-hmm. the cool part is that we have tools to do this. Um, we do. And the trick is to try to find those tools before you get sick, um, which, yeah. you know, and I, it's so easy. And I fell into this too, to, to come off seeming really victim blamey when you talk about, um, you know, people basically creating their own diseases and stuff, Right. Um, and that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that like, cause we all have, all have these things that, you know, these habits and these practices of both spiritual and physical that could eventually result in a cancer. And you're never going to know like if this will lead to it or not, but I can tell you, I mean, even if you don't get sick and, and die from something like that, um, holding on to all of those things is just, you're just not, you're not going to have fun. You're not going to like enjoy life very much. If all you're doing is thinking about these, you know, this anger, this resentment and all of these things, right? Like, well, it's yeah. And it can come off victim blaming because victim blaming is the, is like maybe the shadow version of the fact that you actually have full agency in this incarnation. Mm -hmm. You do. And we're taught not to though. Right. We're taught that these are, that cancer just happens randomly to anyone and any person can get it and of course you know when you read obituaries it's always like he was the nicest guy she was so wonderful and like it's it's often so i've read obituaries of people i've known personally and then also just those famous figures where it's like yeah they weren't they weren't actually they were kind of a shit person um but you don't say that in obituary and i understand why and i'm not saying we should necessarily like shit talk the dead but like 
I can kind of shit the talk to dead if the dead was an asshole. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and be like, oh, what a shame he died. Like, to be yeah. honest, sometimes I'm like, good. Like, so okay. part of elevating is looking at the truth of what happened, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I can't, yep. um, just like if I go into the gym and I don't, if I'm not honest about where I am in my physical progression, like how much I'm able to lift, how many reps I'm able to do. If I'm not able to look honestly at that, then I'm not going to make any progress because I'm not going to be doing the right stuff. This is a very physical example, but it it applies in my experience to the elevation of ancestors. I have to be able to look at the things in my past that happened. So a lot of people are like against ancestor veneration because they think that, um, it's somehow being okay with like colonialism and slavery and all the terrible shit our ancestors did. But it's like, no, I have to be able to look that stuff in the eye in order that I can make progress with it. And, um, and so that's one of those things too, that I think is like a, um, an effect of, of the way we tend to look at things nowadays, right? Like, yeah, the uh, ancestor like, thing is cut that person out of though. your life. <laughs> yeah. And I admit I have that tendency. Like, um, I, I, I can hold grudges and if you wrong me, uh, Dude, you're it's dead okay to, to cut whoever you want out of your life too. But true. True. Um, yeah. The ancestor thing. It's interesting. I, I'm still very early in developing that. And I'm afraid to quite frankly, because I had, I know I knew this already. And then I had some readings from some people who confirmed my suspicions about um, one branch of my, my ancestry in particular that is very unwell. And it's, I know is acting through, you know, me and my living relatives poorly, right. To like repeat yeah. these cycles and stuff. And I, I, it feels like too much. Like I th- I'm going to have to, you know, do some pretty, I'm going to have to like set aside okay. some time so, in my life to like actually deal with it. Because yeah. if I'm not going to do it, it's just going to keep repeating. And it I know I can something help. To, something yeah. to do when your kids aren't young, so young. Like, yeah, that's the other thing. Oh, I was also yeah. told very starkly, don't do anything in my house. And I was like, yeah. okay, like, gotcha. but what you can do in it. the meantime is, um, is work with the, the ones that aren't. Yeah. Situation. Oh, yeah. For sure. And we already, I think we are just intuitively. Um, uh, yeah. Because she. Yeah. I, I, and like you're actually gra- actively doing happy, it by yeah. being better. Mm-hmm. Right. Being aware of the family patterns is, is half the battle. I, and this is the one of my main messages with astrology. Because you know, you, you you say all these things, you make all these predictions, and people are like, okay, so what do I do now? Right. Like, how do I work with that? Knowing is half the battle. I think it really is. Even if it's just to get you to a level of if and when the crazy shit happens, you can like accept it because it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like blindsiding you. Um, not to say that you will not be blindsided because you will, but I don't know. Yeah, just just even knowing and kind of accepting and facing your own mortality. And this is this is like conversations I feel like I've been having for the last five years. Yeah, talk about Saturn and his own signs, face your death and stuff. But it it helps if you look at your mortality and accept it and actually truly try to accept it no one wants to die usually um but you know it some more than others can be more okay i think it's it. from that um i think it's from that william s burroughs um book of the dead um he did like a egyptian book of the dead i want to say it's like a book and then him reading it they made Sounds it into an right. album <laughs> i don't know the yeah. beats very well they bought so, it, but yeah. Anyway, 
the um the there's an idea that he and it's on that the road to the western lands is the album it's like got some cool Ooh. jazz and then it has him talking mm-hmm. okay there's an idea that is expressed that i'm pretty sure it's from the book of the dead but it may not be verbatim from the book of the dead right um but the idea is that for as long as one is um for as long as one is facing their own death that person is immortal so if i if i'm able to um to face my death in that moment i am immortal because just by the fact that what i'm able to observe is by the nature of observation outside of me or like not part of the it's not part of the core of me so like this idea uh, i find in meditation a lot you get to this point doing mindfulness meditation where i'm able to look at these emotions as a detached observer and then i'm like wait who's experiencing the emotion then if i'm able to look at it then who's experiencing it well it's like some outer part of me and so like there's a core of me that isn't actually affected by the emotion and is able to just watch and so it's the same with death um and so that's why like death meditation is really cool uh practice mm-hmm. and i haven't done a lot of it i've done some of it you know where you imagine like your bones and stuff or whatever yeah like rotting away and yeah, yeah. i mean it's metal as fuck too so i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's it's i think what like early christianity was doing too um you know like hanging out in graveyards mm-hmm. um yeah so I don't know how we got there. Who cares? Talking <laughs> Yeah. No, it's all good. Um, do we want to go to 2023 bingo cards? We talked about it a little <laughs> bit. Let me let me get mine out. All right, here we go. Let's see. Bingo cards for 2023. So oh yeah, I came up with this early in the year. COVID was caused by the rough Russians. We'll see. Well, we're kind of having that um, with the Chinese right now. Yeah, yeah. So well, now they're shift. Uh, I was wondering if they were going to try to, yeah, because and this was like almost a joke one because so the fact that they're like, yes, it was a lab week, and that now they're really pointing at it at China. Um, there's that, but I was like, ooh, it would just be so, <laughs> so whatever yeah. um if they could somehow the spin course. it and yeah and be like oh but there was actually russian involvement with a, that chinese lab or so you know so anyway so that it's yeah i think the eye of sauron is turning to china oh for sure it is yeah um the other one was oh, biden dies um just like okay also yeah. hunter biden commits suicide mm. i was wondering about that those two anyway um poland said gets- something about the clintons Oh Not, shit! I don't follow, but maybe. Yeah, no, just, don't if a, you have. Yeah. Um, joke. Uh, Poland gets bombed but again. So it, I'm on all the war stuff now, right? And then, um, oh, and then smallpox outbreak and/or a Marburg outbreak. I think they've already been trying to push the Marburg one. Um, hopefully not. Like that was just like a, you know, I wrote these like in January, so I'm already hoping that those are going to be like not not a thing someone else said this this isn't on mine but the kardashians go broke which just made me laugh so i was like human dna found on mars um again that was my husband's i would 
addendum that to say human DNA found on the moon. But the thing is, if they do, they're going to be like, oh, it's from past lunar missions or something. So they, I don't know if it will really. I'm waiting, though, for them to drop the like blue beam shit, the like, like, oh, finding human civilization elsewhere in the solar system, ruins on the moon, ruins on Mars. Like, I totally believe that that is real and exists. Um, and I'm wondering if they're going to pull the trigger now or not. But like, I think we'll see that sometime in the next 20 years um, in some way. I, I don't know if it's just going to be straight up where we'll be like, yeah, so guess what, guys? It looks like there was, you know, we're a breakaway civilization from someone so that was on Mars. I don't know. That'd be rad. But yeah, that's like I've talked about the um, the CIA remote viewing Mars like millions of yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, there's like some very interesting stuff there's lots of stuff on it like there's there's too much for me to think yeah yeah no it's just a bunch of whacks out there yeah no so we'll see we'll see where that goes i mean it's it's like watch battlestar galactica everyone if you haven't already because i think that that was really tapping into some stuff also it's just like a really good show um and then this was more local to canada winter power outage um particularly in quebec but maybe maybe not so hopefully not because that would suck. Um, yeah. yeah, those are those are just the few. I honestly wrote these, like I said, back in January, and then I have, haven't really revisited them. And I do think that after the next two weeks, even like I'll probably rewrite a whole whole different card. But yeah, how about you? You got right. any? You know, I was trying to think about this because um, I didn't like do the homework. <laughs> I think I dropped this on you, like. Right before no, we that's started, all good. But... Like, <laughs> you know, I might just be in a time of like, just let it come. I don't care what it is. Like, yeah, that, that's the other thing. Making these predictions, whatever. And I Even like to make you're... predictions. You know Same. what I mean? I do have, gonna... I have some predictions, and I this is probably just like cheating because I already did this in the episode with uh, Michael Simon and Sharif Clark, where we did like predictions for where magic is going i oh, but yeah. i do still see like a lot of decentralization there like mm-hmm. smaller groups forming um which is good honestly yeah definitely. it's safer it's yeah. safer guys just yeah um like like tactical like like precision strike teams you know like um like magical special forces yeah right like and not to be too like military with it but whatever um yeah i think that that's um uh like a return to form i think i mentioned in our chat too right mm-hmm. like yeah yeah you did yeah um i think so too yeah these giant the coven? cult yeah man i always wanted to have a coven i know me too <laughs> I don't know if I could trust 12 other people if we're going to do the like classic. That's a 13. lot. That's <laughs> a lot. That's way too many. Yeah. I, I think that's like a Wicca thing too. I remember like, oh, you should have 13 um, members in your coven. I'm like, how the hell are you going to get 13? No, I'm definitely like part of groups that have more than 13, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, we are. Like, I don't know. Really... I think three is a good number. Maybe that's a little oh, small. Five. Small. I like odd numbers. Um, no, you know what? We probably should listen to Lynn McTaggart and eight. Eight is probably mm. like a nice solid. Eight is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I think like groups and subgroups and like that stuff's cool. Um, 
let's see what else do i think is going to happen in 2023 um I'm not comfortable making any geopolitical predictions, I don't think, because it's been so crazy that I'm just like, whatever, dude. I know I made those because it's like the it's a habit of astrologers, especially when you're looking at mundane astrology, because, you know, everyone wants to have the hot takes. And and if you can get something right, you look like a genius. But it's um, it's probably more instructive to just reflect back on it and compile your example. I mean, that is literally how we developed astrology was people just tracking this stuff for thousands of years and writing it down, remembering it. We didn't even go into the earthquake stuff, earthquake weapons. No. Yeah. You think that was a weapon? You think that was directed? Yeah. Yeah. Shit. I personally I think that it was, um, it was, okay, this is, we're getting weird. <laughs> what else do we ever do? We just um, told people to So like the location it. of it is like yeah. super interesting because it could fit some revelation stuff. And I do think that there are like, there is a group of people that wants to imminentize the eschaton by, and this is like a blue beam thing that wants to imminentize the eschaton by enacting the events of revelation, like ritually trying to bring it about. And I don't know if that's like trying to like, if that's trying to like literally jumpstart the apocalypse, like you jumpstart a car. Mm. or like um or if it's more of like a psyop thing where they want people to think that's what's going on or like like if these people are actually like think they're doing the will of god mm-hmm. by bringing the stuff about but it's like yeah i could definitely see some people like trying to release abaddon from the abyss by like doing these this earthquake there it's weird. It's like right between mm-hmm. the two Antiochs mm-hmm. or like right in the area of the two Antiochs. Yeah. Uh, which has a Cyprian connection too. And um, yeah, it's just interesting. Like, I don't know. It's like kind of a chicken or the egg thing too, right? Like, like do humans do these things to bring about changes in the landscape of spirit or do spirits do these things to bring changes in the landscape of humans? I don't know. It's kind of all a soup. Yeah. But like, yeah, I think there's, there's definitely something weird about the earthquake thing. Um, there were a lot of strange and shit. I don't know. Like I just get my news from, from either memes or from cryptic symbolism in my Mm -hmm. dreams, which is itself a meme. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. There was just some weird stuff going on beforehand. Like, there was that big, um, really interesting cloud formation that looked like a rose blooming in the sky Mm. over Turkey, over that spot. There was, like, some weird stuff on the weather radar that looked, like, spiraling. Um, Yeah, just normal clouds doing normal cloud things, right? Right. (laughs) And I do think there are, like, weather. There's weather stuff going on. Oh, there's 100% weather stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, we... they. It's not even um, like a conspiracy. Like they like there's weather technology. Um, yeah. They came out recently about all the stuff China does to try to manipulate the weather over China and, and whatnot. And like, do you think that they're the only ones doing that? Like, of course not. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they do cloud seeding and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll just have to see. Yeah, we'll just see. 
yeah, predictions are fun. But the other thing about making predictions, and I fell into this early, is um, just don't take them personally, because especially I'm talking mostly to myself and other astrologers, because you'll make all these predictions and you may get nothing right. And um, it's easy to get down and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. But it's like so hard to predict this stuff like you can you can kind of see the broad shapes of things and we've we've spent two hours talking about that and and more if we can go back and listen to the other episodes but yeah um predicting like very specific events is is almost a fool's game um and if you do manage to get one right awesome you know but i, I feel like when people get one right they start to get um well, it stokes your a ego and then you're like, yeah. yeah, totally. And it can, it can like make or break a career, I guess. Right. But the problem is if you get one, right, then people and people notice they're going to go, Hey, I got to follow this chick. She's got some stuff. Right. And then if you don't keep getting stuff, right, there's so much pressure. And then that leads into like, you know, ah, whatever, lots of, lots of practices that I'd rather. Just yeah. There's a down. quote from um, a song of ice and fire, uh, the game of Thrones books. Oh yeah where um the quote is like prophecy is a sword without a handle mm. you can just as easily mm-hmm. cut yourself mm-hmm. um like trying to hold it right and yeah. it's not that useful right like what are you going to use that for almost so it's, it's i mean like a lot of the time knowing the future actually causes you to enact it 100 percent. like do you want to know when you die because like, do you really want to know? Because <laughs> yeah. there's some some astrological techniques, and I've been toying with the idea of learning them, but I don't think I'm going to. So, yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know if I, I want to know. I think, yeah, I just want to um, be learn how to flow with whatever happens, as opposed to knowing what yeah. happens and trying to respond to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, being in that flow. So. Regardless of what we do, I have to take a bathroom break. You know what? I think I need to tap out here. Okay, yeah, you you have yeah. limited time, don't you? Yeah, I got to get Sweet. going. I, I think it's a good going, stopping point anyway. We didn't go more totally. about the moon, but we always... Yeah, I mean, just real quick, there was a Korean mission there recently and some crazy pictures. Um, crazy pictures. Looks like there's a dome around it. I personally think it's just data processing and, and um, just... All of the pictures of space stuff is heavily processed, so I, yeah. I it, they look cool, but I'm kind of like eh, I don't know if they really you can really use that for anything. Um, there was a Canadian news that our, we're going to send our first lunar ro- rover to the moon to look for water on the far side of the moon. Okay, gee, I wonder why they're looking for that for those mm. spaces that they're going to build or are there. And then um, there was just a recent one, like there was an urgent need. There's apparently an urgent need to establish a moon time zone, and I was what? like, what? Like why that that one is the biggest. I'm like really Whoa. urgent. We urgently need a moon time zone. Okay, guys, there's so much there. We don't have time to go into. Yeah, yeah because I'll just leave leave that with everyone to think about. Okay, sweet. That's great. Just as mysterious as the moon. Yeah, don't stare <laughs> at the moon too much. No, do I love staring at the moon? But the thing is, the moon makes you crazy. Lunacy, right? So like, yeah. you gotta be careful. Like <laughs> working with the moon, it's uh, um. I one of the things that I didn't know at the time was happening, but it, I can look back and see it like being one of those like cracks in the dam mm-hmm. was when I was a bartender and full moon nights mm-hmm. were consistently 
nuts. Like something nope. crazy would happen every time or they'd yeah. be super packed. Like, yeah. and I wish I'd have known astrology then could look at what sign the moons were in. You know what I mean? But like, mm. it yeah, was at least consistently Yeah, if it's in Scorpio, like prepare for fights probably. Yeah. And, <laughs> like some, some arguments. Yeah. Stuff if like it's in really Taurus, people are just probably going to like get really horny maybe. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. Well, hell yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about this stuff with me. It's always a blast when you come on. You know? Oh, absolutely. It's it's so fun. I enjoy awesome. being the resident nightbird astrologer. Hell yeah. Well, you have a great rest of your day and yeah, um, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, for sure. Take care. Oh, wait. Do you want to... Um, we always plug your stuff, but plug your stuff. Oh, right. Melpriestly.com or .ca will get you to where I am. Sign up for my newsletter. Um, got a big blog there. You can book a consult with me if you want as well. All on my site. Awesome. Good stuff. I will put that in the show notes as well. So um, you enjoy the rest of your Friday. You too. Bye. Take care. Do you experience weird shit? Do your parents not like to tell their friends about what you do in the woods? Do you make more friends in a graveyard than you do at a party populated by living humans? Do you have interactions with beings that are not strictly considered human? Do other people look at you like you're crazy when you mention talking to trees in casual conversation? If you fist pumped or even just answered yes to any of these questions, you may be a nightbird. So let's sing together. If you'd like to come on the show and flap your gums with me, share your stories, or just talk about the malleable nature of reality for a while, then send me an email at tim at nightbirdpodcast.com. That's tim at nightbirdpodcast.com. I'd love to have you on the show. But until then, I gotta fly. But before I go, let me say this. Remember, you are never alone. I believe you.